y'all, and welcome back to our podcast, Face Character Rejects. I'm one of your hosts, Maddie Evans. And I'm your other host, Keith Malte. And we're here to recap some of your favorite Disney movies. That's right. But some that might not be your favorite. Because for every Little Mermaid, you know there has to be a Black Cauldron. (laughs) But before we get started, I do want to give a little bit of a content warning. We are a podcast made by adults for adults. So there might be some foul language and even some explicit content. Oh God, not during the Zootopia episode. <laughs> you can tell that we're not going to take everything super seriously. We're here to have fun, but our content is best suited to adults. And now that we've got that out of the way, and you can't be mad at me when you hear your first shit dammer hell thrown, Keith, what are we covering today? Well, today we're covering uh, Zootopia from 2016, starring Jennifer Goodwin, Jason Bateman, and everybody's favorite singing gazelle, Shakira. Shakira, Shakira! (laughs) All right, Keith, are you ready to do a little... Uh, 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 Zootopia. Yes. Zootopia. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm ready, yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, and... And who are you, Keith? <laughs> Obviously, that's German. Oh. <laughs> if you understand. Okay. Caramel Kucha. I love a random intro, but where are we, Keith? We're not in the universe that is anthropomorphic animals. <laughs> anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Boom. I'm in the closet, personally. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and I'm recording with blankets all over the walls. So, fingers crossed, the sound quality is crispy. Crisp. Like a McDonald's Sprite. Crisp. <laughs> so, to get into the movie and the plot that is Zootopia. The movie opens with what looks like a rainforest jungle of some sort. It looks very neat. We quickly realize, though, that this is a school play, like Mm. an elementary school play. We later find out that Judy would have been around nine during this time. So she's pretty young. What is that? Fourth grade? Third or fourth grade? Yeah, it's it's around that. Yeah. It's a school play, third or fourth grade. And we are learning a little bit of the history of the world that these animals live in. In the old days, very much like the world we live in now, Predators explicitly says they used to maim and maul. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, okay, so they were normal animals, just like how we have now. Mm -hmm. You were either meek prey, which bunnies like Judy and sheep, there's another sheep up there we're going to see, they would be part of that. Yeah. And there is also the vicious predator. Now, though, they all live in harmony. So there has been some huge change They are more friendly now. But before we even go into that, I want to talk a little bit about this school play. (laughs) Because Judy reminds me so much of myself as a kid. Such theater kid. Energy, yeah. (sighs) The energy. I know that our fellow uh, theater majors back in college would have roasted (laughs) this production uh, to smithereens. The catch-up? Exactly, the catch-up. I would have gone into class ready to talk about this production and I would have had two nice things to say about it, but everybody else would have been just like, you know, nuclear uh, fire on on this poor production. But, you know, to be fair to it, it's basically their equivalent of a Thanksgiving Day play. You know, it's kind of... Yes, it's very much an origin. Yes. Yeah, they're they're telling... Uh, ancestral origin story. Because they even say our ancestors exactly. a couple times. And it makes you wonder, though, with that said, how much of this story we can take at face value. Mm. Because you can't really go to any child's Thanksgiving Day play and take that at face value. Like... So many of us have, you know, it's not the whole truth, is it? Not quite. Not at all. So uh, That's a very good point that I hadn't even really thought of because I was more so struck by just how odd what they are putting on us, what we are learning about this society. So there still is two categories, but they now can live together in Mm-hmm. This next part is where I start feeling a little weird because they go around, the sheep gets up and talks about she used to have to be herded and now she can do whatever she wants. And she then- wants to be an astronaut, which is interesting to me because that makes me wonder, okay, are they on Earth? But is it is it like Earth in the future or is this a different universe? What is this? 
Like they're advanced enough that they go to space. This must be a multiverse. Anyway, the predator who is in the show gets up and he has a very specific line. I don't have to be a hunter anymore. Yeah. Today I can hunt for tax exemption. It's so, that's supposed to be funny. And it was kind of funny and kind of dry, but it feels weird. And I even wrote it down. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily, it's hard to say racist at this point because these are animals, but something just feels very off that. I thought you were going to say it was weird because that line to me is a line that a child would never say like also they live in a world where taxes exist yes zootopia is so (laughs) odd what is the government of zootopia what is this country i need to do research and i will before Mm -hmm. next week but yeah i would like to visit i think it would be a very interesting place to check out oh we are what the ultimate predator yeah I'm bringing a gun. Oh my god, Maddie! <laughs> oh my god! Is this a safari to you? No! Oh my I god! I know. <laughs> I in no way support safaris. <laughs> I love the safari and animal kingdom only, bitch. All I'm saying is, I've watched enough Steve Irwin videos. I love nature. I would love to coexist. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. These animals are people. I don't okay. know what they're about. I have lived through some trauma, Keith. I refuse to be a victim at the hands of one of these fucking animals. I refuse. I, I just feel like you're going to visit this country in kind of the wrong mindset. <laughs> Listen, Keith, this movie is all about crime. This is all about crime. Judy is a literal police officer. That is true. She's fighting crime out there. These animals don't care. There's crime in the streets. Back to the story. Judy, though, gets up and says that she would like to be a police officer. Everybody else gets to be what they want. Being an astronaut as a sheep is apparently okay. Can their lungs withstand the pressures of changing atmosphere? I don't know. But Judy gets up and says she wants to be a police officer. And her parents and everybody in there looks at her with the craziest look on their face. And I'm just saying, if my kid got up and said something like that, I would probably look at them the same. But for very different reasons. (laughs) And this is when we meet Gideon Gray, who is not only a fox... He is a bully, and just they made some very interesting choices with his character. You cannot do a one-to-one comparison of Zootopia to our world, because Gideon Gray is a great example, because Gideon comes from a rural background. He, he has an accent, which is similar to the kind of accent that people have where we're from, mm-hmm. but he's also a part of a minority class, Mm -hmm. which we kind of find out later, but we find out that predators, you know, despite the sort of kumbaya of the play, predators like Gideon are still discriminated Mm -hmm. against. Absolutely. Well, when the play ends, we see Judy speaking with her parents and they are just unhappy in every way. (laughs) They tell her some of my favorite lines and I'll just insert the clip. Judy, you ever wonder how your mom and me got to be so darn happy? Nope. Well, we gave up on our dreams and we settled. Right, Bond? Oh, yes, that's right, Stu. We settled hard. I do not like Judy's dad very much. I find him very annoying. (laughs) I can agree with that. He just gets Um, on my nerves. I don't know necessarily Uh, how much Judy has to deal with him, though, considering she has 275 brothers and sisters. Yes. Yeah. And I, but it, they put so much pressure on her. Yes. On Judy specifically. And I'm like, is she the firstborn? Yeah. Is Judy like the, the child they care about the most? Or are they putting this much into all their other children? There's no way. I don't know. I mean, per the hours in the day. There's just, that's just not possible. But yeah, after Judy pretty much gets tired of listening to this, she goes off on a little mission because she notices that someone is being bullied. She hears something's up and she goes to check it out. She still has her full little police costume on <laughs> and she goes and she sees Gideon bullying a sheep and he's taken her tickets yeah. and will not get them back. He tells Judy... First and foremost, that she's stupid for wanting to be a cop. Mm -hmm. He then 
pushes her down to the ground because she doesn't give up. You think Judy's done. I know better. Judy is a little batty, and she is not a baby, and she immediately kicks Gideon right in the mouth. I got a little nervous right here, and I was rightfully so, because Gideon then draws his claws out Mm -hmm. and swipes at Judy. Which, and can I say that that moment is actually kind of scary? Absolutely. And like, I agree. really... I mean, he clips her really bad. He does. He There's three long, bloody marks left on her little yeah. face. So he, he does make contact. I think I was kind of surprised by that the first time I saw this movie uh, six years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think I expected that. It felt very violent. Yeah. Just yeah. because we even see blood, there's clear proof of what he did. Yeah. But when you think all is lost... You think Judy's been beaten down. She gets up and somehow in the middle of all of this, she has taken the tickets back. Gideon had taken from the sheep and she gives them back. I mean, they're all very excited for Judy. (laughs) And then this is my favorite, favorite line. One of my favorite lines from the whole movie. Gideon Gray doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, he was right about one thing. I don't know when to quit. Like, I get such a shock of, like, just girl boss exhilaration from that, which sounds kind of dumb. But, like, I get the same when I see Cruz and Cars and Cars 3 go out and get on the track. I don't like those movies. Oh, I love Cars 3. Cars 2 is bad. Cars 3 is a completely different world. But the next time we see Judy, we have skipped. It's 15 years in the future. And she is at the Zootopia Police Academy. It opens and she is being told by this huge polar bear, who is like their drill sergeant, that Zootopia (laughs) has 12 unique ecosystems. And she lists three that we get to see Judy train in. Tundra Town, Sahara Square, and the Rainforest District. Uh, I love this polar bear. I do. I think she's a really cool character. I I just like her. I don't really have much to say about her because she's not in it very much, but she's cool. She's just so straightforward. (laughs) She's not on the level of the evil queen, but I believe that with a little work and determination, she could get there. Just You just wanted to hop in and give your stamp of approval. Like, I just like her. (laughs) Back to the story. We get a montage scene of Judy... Yeah. Absolutely yeah. eating shit, failing, falling, what looks like getting her behind kicked all over the place until finally one day she starts using her size to her advantage and she figures this shit out like this. She's bouncing on other people's heads and because of this, she becomes the first rabbit officer in Zootopia mm-hmm. Police Department's history, ZPD's history. And she was also the valedictorian of her class, which I just thought was cool as hell. Go smart, girl. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Work hard. So during Judy's graduation, we get to meet the mayor, who is a lion, and we get to meet his assistant mayor, and she is a sheep, and her last name is Bellwether. Mm-hmm. Judy is assigned to the heart of Zootopia, Zone 1. Mm-hmm. And Judy's parents look absolutely horrified. Yeah. They say they're very proud, but you can tell this must mean – this means business. Yeah. This is the center. This is the heart of Zootopia, and they know that. To talk a little bit about the uh, the mayor and the assistant mayor – the mayor is played by J.K. Simmons, who I, I think his voice just really fits the role really well. And it's not necessarily something I would have thought of him for. Mm-hmm. The assistant mayor, Bellwether, is played by Jenny Slate. But what I really love about Bellwether is um, her teeth. Yes! She has teeth mm-hmm. like a real uh, sheep would. She's just you very know, they're cute. Crooked. And I just, I, I love that little detail. Not to get ahead of myself, but at this moment in time when I watched the movie, I loved her. I thought she was cute. I We're going to see she saves Judy's ass more than once. At this time, love her. Love her style. I just love her. She's so cute and fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After the graduation, though, we get what I even wrote down feels like a racist rant from Judy's dad, where he goes off and basically lists every predator he can think of to the point where he's even naming off a weasel that he plays a game with. And his wife has to say, hey, you don't hate weasels. You play cabbage or cabbage with him. And he's like, oh yeah, you're right. But still, 
He'd cheat. And also, foxes, stay away from foxes because foxes are the worst. Just remember what Gideon Gray did to you. I didn't really like this. I I understood the... Yeah, they definitely have prejudices. It is interesting because there's people like that who um, who don't come across as like the most evil people in the world. They still harbor some pretty awful... Uh, prejudices. Absolutely. Because at this point, Judy is 24. She was nine years old when she had a schoolhouse, a schoolhouse tussle with Gideon and her parents are still, not only are her parents holding that against him, which, okay, my mom doesn't play that game either, but they're holding it against all of Fox's species as a whole. That feels really weird. And this is when they give her a slew of fox deterrents. She has a big spray, a small spray, even a taser that is specifically designed for foxes. Judy, though, Judy is still a little afraid of foxes. She is not quite as... Speciesist? She isn't at quite, she's not taking this quite as serious, but she does take the small fox deterrent, the fox pepper spray that I like to call it. She kisses her family goodbye and then she gets on the monorail to Zootopia. (laughs) I do love, this is kind of the beginning of that really great Zootopia world building, which we're going to see a lot more of it very soon. But just to begin with, like the monorail that you're talking about, it has three different sections, Mm -hmm. three different kind of zones for the different sized animals which i think is a a cool touch it is very cool i will say one thing about zootopia Mm -hmm. this place is fucking accessible they are very thoughtful of all of the different animals and the things they would need and that might be one of the only things i love about the the world of zootopia Zootopia. let me preface this by saying that i do like shakira a lot like i i like her music uh hips don't lie was uh, really great when I was like 11 years old, but I don't understand why Shakira is in this movie. Like, you know, Gazelle, her character Gazelle is like in the movie several times. She never has much effect on the plot. And I mean, she sings the movie's theme song, but she does make a few like, appearances. It, I, I don't understand why they made a whole character for her instead of you know, just having her sing that song in the background and that's the end of it. I think that is a fair point. I also do not have an answer Mm -hmm. and I do feel slightly the same way. So Shakira's gazelle. But while we are listening, we start seeing Marvel that is this city. Yeah. I I both love and and hate this scene because to me I, I'll be real with you right now I'm I'm not huge on Zootopia I'm not huge on its characters I do enjoy it but I find most of the characters kind of unlikable I have issues with the story but man oh man would I have liked to have seen more of all these worlds yeah. like we get to explore them but to me like what we see in those brief glimpses is more interesting interesting than anything else that happens in the movie to be honest i love that they were included and i i think it really does help with just the world building but i wish we would have explored them a little bit more we got to see some of them but just more i know they're making um a series for disney plus um which i'm excited for um it's called zootopia plus we're going to meet more citizens of zootopia i'm excited for that because it, it is a really interesting world that they've built problematic but interesting nonetheless Anyway, Judy gets out of the monorail train, and I just wanted to say before I move on that the train station looks, it just reminds me a lot of Disney Springs. It reminded me of Disney World itself. Like, you know how you pass through the um, the tunnel going into Magic Kingdom? But I agree. I think the only reason I was seeing Disney Springs is when you are coming out of the parking garage and you have those huge escalators. Definitely see that. Anyway, as Judy is walking out of the train station, who do we see but Gazelle herself what is she wearing (laughs) she is wearing a sparkly red top crop top let me say that a little a little bralette (laughs) almost and she is saying welcome to zootopia to zootopia which is so on the nose (laughs) i know i know her song just finished yeah i i uh and it's like you don't go to 
LA and have Beyonce welcoming you on a billboard or something. Maybe you do. I've never flown into LA. You know, I flew into the Anaheim airport, so I wouldn't know. Well, you and I have spent a lot of time in Pigeon Forage (laughs) and Dolly Parton doesn't talk to you on a... No, she doesn't. And I would have very much liked that. But to keep it moving, Judy goes to her apartment. Yeah. And I have a few things to say. It is small, but so is she. I do too, yeah. It comes with a complimentary delousing once a month, which I'm assuming I would have never thought about this. I'm assuming with all those animals, that's necessary. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not very nice, but Judy loves it. And can I tell you uh, that this is also where we have our introduction to the true stars of this movie, Bucky and Pronk's Oryx Antlerson. Yes, I did have to look that up. Do you know who I'm talking about, Maddie? Oh, I absolutely do. The okay. one, they walk by in the hallway and she says, oh, my neighbors. And I think these are probably the first gay characters, confirmed gay characters I did in a Disney know. movie. Yeah, um, they are voiced by the director and screenwriter of the movie, one of which I know for a fact is a gay man. They are two different species. One is an oryx. The other is a kudu. So interspecies dating exists. So Judy (laughs) and Nick, who we have not met yet, I won't go into it. I I think this is so funny because Maddie and I are are both LGBT people on the leg butt spectrum. That's what I like to say. Uh, (laughs) And like, I would love to see a gay lead Disney character and no look it does not count that's a Pixar movie guys but it's these sort of table scraps right Mm -hmm. like yeah these characters are gay but I'm a person who's always looking for that queer reading when I watch movies and stuff and I did not read these as gay characters in the movie I know very little about Zootopia and I know you guys cannot see my face but I was like huh Really? And then I felt almost did you? bad because I did not realize that they were. Yeah. But I, I'll be honest, I've watched because the first half of the movie, so and they don't pop up very much, but I was not putting two and two together. And and that's because the movie sort of deliberately makes it kind of unnoticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I watched the movie, I thought they were either brothers. Yes. Or they Me were too. just like frat bro roommates who mm-hmm. argued a lot. So thank you, Disney, for these crumbs, but I would like a full-fledged rainbow cake one day. I think we'll get it. Damn it. I think we'll get it. <laughs> I I honestly, I do. I think we'll get it in our lifetimes. And I didn't always think that. So Especially after Raya. We won't get into it, but. Oh, Elsa? No, I think Elsa. And remember Honey Marin in the uh, sequel? Limpress, Limpress, Limpress. <laughs> so back to Judy, um, though. The next morning, she gets up and she does go back in and grab her fox pepper spray for her first day of the job. Yes, she hesitates. She does. She goes back for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she gets to the police department and this is when we meet one of my favorite characters, Clawhauser. Oh, he is. Clawhauser the cheetah. Ben Clawhauser. I thought you were talking about the wildebeest. No. Uh, Clawhauser is fun. No, the cheetah. The Clawhauser is also kind of gay-coded. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But this is interesting. I really wanted to point this out. Mm -hmm. He greets Judy and is very nice and very loving. Is maybe the only one on the police force who greets her this way. Mm -hmm. But he says, oh, my goodness, you were just so cute. Blah, blah, blah. And Judy stops him. Mm-hmm. The way she sets it up, don't call bunnies cute. Uh, it's it's something bunnies can call each other. I mean, this is basically a microaggression. It's not quite a slur, but it is at the very least. It does. But again, established or we're going to establish that Judy is a part of the majority class. Mm-hmm. And so it's a bit. <gasps> you, you know what I mean? Oh my God. It's a, yeah, I do. When you put it all into context, it's almost like it's when like, someone's called a Karen and it's like, actually, exactly. don't call me that. Like, bitch, shut the fuck up. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Moving on. She asks him uh, where the morning meeting is and he sends her into what is called the bullpen. In the bullpen, this meeting room, she has the rudest awakening <laughs> probably of any character I've seen in a, in a hot minute. No one gives a flying <laughs> shit about her. Some of them do care a 
bit, but it's nothing positive. It's all, why is she here? She is making a mockery of our job. Yes. Yeah. You know, and and this is where, again, the allegories are really confusing because it's not because she's prey. It's her size because their their chief is prey. It's the size. But she is small. And so maybe this is meant to be an allegory for sexism. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. But there is just so much being set up that we're supposed to keep track of yeah. that it just feels it feels a bit too much. It's confusing. It feels a bit too layer and the layering doesn't make you, sense you can tell this was a movie written and directed by white men yes yes but at the end of this meeting she realizes that pretty much everyone thinks she should not be there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. judy is given parking duty and dismissed. Yeah, and i also um i want to point out the elephant in the room because i love her i just <laughs> I love that bit. I think it's so cute. I did love that line. It was very cute. I like that elephant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> being a valedictorian, being the epitome of bunny girl yeah. boss babe, Judy goes out and she says, it'll be nothing to get 100 tickets a day. Hell, I'll get 100 tickets before noon. And you know what? She does. <laughs> this is why Judy annoys me because like, it, it's not... I'm this is maybe too deep or not deep at all. I don't know. But she it's not about like the people of Zootopia. It's about her. You know, it's like nobody wants a parking ticket and she's going out of her way to make sure that, you know, and I she is annoying as hell. I just I don't like Judy. (laughs) I don't. I'm seeing too much of myself because when I first get on a job, I will work my ass off. Burn out, burn out, burn out, baby. And then when I realize I'm not being appreciated Yeah, we all have that part of us. Once I realize that nobody really appreciates me or I'm not being paid fairly or whatever the case may be, or I get promoted Mm -hmm. and suddenly I'm being taken advantage of, I kind of fall out of love with the job. You're so alike. (laughs) I truly believe that is why I can empathize with Judy just a little bit because it seems like right now she is in her proving herself phase. So I know we're annoyed. I know we're annoyed with Judy, but this is when one of my faves, Nick Fox, is introduced. He comes skulking on the scene and goes into an elephant run, and it's an elephant size ice cream shop. Judy, the very easily manipulated hero complex situation she has going on, follows him in there thinking she's going to catch him doing something illegal, doing something bad that a fox would do. What she goes in and sees, actually, her hero complex goes hand in hand with this. She sees that the elephant is refusing to serve Nick and what looks like his son in a very cute elephant costume. She says, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not having this. She <laughs> intimidates the um, ice cream parlor owner by saying that uh, you're not using gloves as your um scooping the ice cream yep so ever how are y'all liking the mucus yeah. in your in your cookies and, and so cream? she she bullies him for a good purpose you know i guess she does she in her head she is doing a good thing a good thing in the world and stopping discrimination but because she feels guilty she went in there thinking he was doing something bad as well yeah so she had guilt in her heart to go in and see that oh, shit, he actually is being discriminated against. Let me use my hero, hero cop, and I'm going to fix this. But after all of this work by Judy, Nick conveniently says he has forgotten his wallet, even though it's his son's birthday, and he manipulates Judy into getting the popsicle because he leaves... And wow, wow, sorry, son, knowing good and well, Which, he can manipulate her. Yes. And he 100% had his wallet on him. For sure. For the original scheme. And he's he just, he sees that uh, Judy is a soft touch, so he cons her this way. But he doesn't con her for very long. No. Because Judy almost immediately sees Nick's operation. They melt the big pop to make small pops to sell on the street. They then, you think they're done. No, they then sell the old popsicle sticks to basically small rodent lumber yards. Yes. Calling it Redwood. Which I love that scene. (laughs) Judy, I do too. And when Judy comes up and basically calls him out on it, 
oh, no, 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 no. Nick's very much like Marty Bird in Ozarks. He says, I've got my permits. I've got my papers. You're not catching me doing something wrong. And she says, well, what about the red wood? And he said, it's red wood. Where's the lie? And he basically schools her and then leaves her standing in wet cement. And, you know, we didn't talk about this, but you are kind of glad that Nick has gotten one on Judy here because immediately after they leave that ice cream shop, they have an interesting exchange. It's just, you know, it burns me up to see folks with such backward attitudes toward foxes. I just want to say you're a great dad and just a a real articulate fella. Oh, well, that is high praise. It's rare that I find someone so non-patronizing. The microaggressions are endless. And Nick. Ew. Uh, and Nick says back to her, you are the least patronizing person that I've talked to. And it goes right over Judy's head, you know. It absolutely does. But after all of this, Judy goes back to her apartment. Mm-hmm. She has a really bad night. <laughs> a terrible TV dinner. Oh, the most shriveled up carrot. And she calls her parents. Or no, excuse me. She doesn't call them because she's not trying to talk. They call her. Yes. Find out. She is, quote, a meter maid. They are very excited. And then Judy gets off the phone, lays back down with her music on. And that is when your faves come back on the scene, yelling through the walls. They can hear exactly what is going on in her. The conversation, (laughs) the music, everything. And they even have a little argument between themselves. He said, turn the music off or whatever. And the other one said, didn't you hear the call with her parents? (laughs) The next morning. Morning, Judy wakes up and has lost all of the previous zeal from yesterday. Mm-hmm. She doesn't care about these tickets anymore. It's starting to get to her that she is ruining people's days. She looks tired and is just really upset when all of a sudden a weasel runs by holding a bag, like a duffel bag, of stolen goods. And she actually lets him run past her when someone comes up who we're assuming is the shop owner they were stolen from and says, he stole those? Yeah. Can't you help me? Can't yeah. you help me? And then she says, not my problem. And the weasel kills her uncle oh my god if only (laughs) judy does run after him and during the process wreaks havoc the weasel wreaks havoc and little rodentia and i love little rodentia i think it is (laughs) i do too i think it's adorable it is yeah it's the the cutest one it's very cute (sighs) i'm sorry i just love it (laughs) but in the process the weasel knocks over a large not quite so large to Judy, but large in comparison to these small rodents that are running around. Yeah. And it's barreling down the street, about to hit the cutest little Arctic shrew. Yes, I Googled it. I had to figure out what she was. Had to. That I've ever seen. And Judy has ever seen too because she even compliments her hair. Judy saves her from the big donut, thankfully, and then eventually is able to catch the weasel. She mm-hmm. brings him in using the donut as her cuffs. And when she gets into the police station, there is nothing but negativity and anger shown towards her. Yeah. Nothing. Chief Bogo is not happy. Chief Bogo goes off on her until Mrs. Otterton walks in, pleading and begging for help to find her husband, Emmett Otterton. An Oscar-winning performance from Octavia Spencer. Gorgeous. I did not mention this, but earlier... During the meeting, we found out that there are 12 animals missing in Zootopia right now. Mm -hmm. Mr. Otterton is one of them. Before Chief Bogo can do anything about it, Judy interjects and volunteers for the assignment Mm -hmm. and says, I will happily take this on and help you. Mrs. Otterton loses her mind, (laughs) goes back out the door, and it's during this point when Chief Bogo is like, no, 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 you're fired, we're done with this. But right then, saved by the bellwether, (gasps) comes in the sheep. (laughs) 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 Don Bellwether comes in and says, I just heard that you're going to be the one handling this case. I'm so excited, so pumped. I'm going to go tell the mayor right now. And Chief Bogo is like, no, 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 don't go tell the mayor. And she's like, no, I'm going to tell the mayor. I know he's going to be so excited. His incentive is working. Like, this is all working perfectly. Mm-hmm. 
And that mm-hmm. is the only thing that saves Judy's job because she is then given 48 hours, mm-hmm. very important, remember this, to find Mr. Otterton. She leaves the office and is given a very small case file. She also finds out that she's not going to have access to any of the department's resources. But in this very small case file, she happens to see Nick's little business. And so she goes directly to him, thinking that he might be a witness as to where Mr. Otterton is now. You know, for the life of me, I could not remember how uh, Nick got on the case. He's been blackmailed. Yeah. Nick has no interest in helping Judy when Judy shows up. Absolutely none. Mm -hmm. But Judy's pretty smart, and she's already done some research on Nick. And so she goes in with a little bit of a plan. She hypes him up a little bit, uses a little reverse psychology, and gets him to admit without us or him knowing that she's recording on her carrot uh, pin. Good for her. I love it. I love a cute accessory. <laughs> but because of this, she is able to blackmail him into taking her to the last place Mr. Otterton went, a yoga temple called the Mystic Springs you know, Oasis. Judy obviously is engaging in very ethical policing practices. She is blackmailing her CI to get in. What a mess. What a mess. But I'm ready to get into the Mystic Springs Oasis because Judy shows up thinking, not really knowing what this is, but Nick knows exactly what this is. Mm -hmm. It turns out to be a nudist colony of sorts. (laughs) And Judy goes in hopeful because the receptionist who is a mess all into itself. We, I really can't even get into that stereotype. It's a, that is a mess. Uh, takes her to the elephant yoga teacher. Her name is Nangi and says she has the brain of an elephant. She has the memory of an elephant. She remembers everything. I wish I had her memory. I'm going to take you there. They walk through the doors into this nudist colony. colony where everyone is nude and they walk up on Nangi and Nangi has her ankles at her ears sitting up. Her punana is on full display. Her koozie cat is being aired <laughs> out to the well. wind and she does not care. They walk up and stand right there. She does not put her legs down. Koozie cat to the wind the whole time. This scene is such a clever bit because it just it plays on mm-hmm. well it's totally normal in our world for animals not to wear clothes but obviously in Zootopia it's not so I love this bit and I love what happens at this point so the receptionist tells Nick and Judy that Nagi has such a great memory because elephants have great memory mm-hmm. and he starts prompting her with questions about Emmett Otterton but yes. she doesn't remember anything and he answers the questions for her. In an attempt to jog her memory almost. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a, it's such a, this is a really f- nice, funny uh, comic bit. And I, I just, I do really like this part. But thanks to the receptionist, they are able to get the car plate number, which is insane to me. Because as the receptionist is saying goodbye to them, he says, oh, I'm so glad we could help you. She has such a good memory. Wish I had a memory like that. I know. (laughs) You just told us the plate number of a vehicle. You have the memory, my love. You, You are a steel trap. But this does not help us too much. Because if you remember, I told you, Judy does not have access to run plates at this time. But guess what? Nick has a connection. Nick is there. And Nick says, I can help you. Because like you said, I have a connection in the DMV. So he takes her there, and this is where we meet another favorite character of mine, Flash. I just, it's its the world building again, because we're supposed to question, you know, the prejudices that these characters have. You know, Judy and Nick are constantly going up against prejudices, but apparently sloths are worse than the stereotypes you know what i mean like like sloths well yes and you can you can say whatever you want to them because judy's an asshole i know i know (laughs) and you she is not very mindful that that is quite possibly as fast as he can physically yeah and it's just she is she and she is but also to be fair to her if we have to be uh, nick nick is um 
Nick took her here on purpose. Yes. Nick did this to push her buttons and it's actually pretty cruel of Nick. Um, I, I don't think he knows the time limit at this point. No, he doesn't, but he's, he just does it to mess with her. Although she is blackmailing him. So maybe she did kind of deserve it. I, I wasn't even, I'm, I'm always on daddy Nick's side. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Jason, Maddie, Bateman, I am learning. I, me. <laughs> I'll be your windy bird. (laughs) Judy and Nick are given the information on the plate, and the plate is registered to a limo service in Tundratown. They go outside. It's dark as hell. They have been there for who knows how long. And so at that point, I could kind of get Judy's frustration because I would have been annoyed as hell, especially like you mentioned, the time limit. But she doesn't care about it being nighttime. She Mm. goes to... This limo service lot. Again, like shady policing practices. Yes. She forces Nick over by throwing her pin recorder and then jumps right down, gets the pin recorder before he can even get there. Then Nick says, you know, breaking and entering, you can't do this without a warrant, right? And she says very easily, well, I can with probable cause. And I just saw a shady character, meaning him, jump the fence. She is so fucking shady. She immoral and should not be on the force (laughs) no 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 she should not be on the force i will make no excuses but in this animal world i don't know there there might we're gonna come to find out we have bigger problems we have bigger problems (laughs) than a, a couple a couple small morality issues should she be a police officer no but she is and this is a children's movie, so I'm going to give her some grace. I'm going to give her some grace. They jump in the limo. They find the car, and they do not find Emmett Otterton. But what they do find is really strange. There are claw marks all over the place. Leather entirely ruined, which begs the question, whose skin is this leather? And there's another joke coming up about the the skunk. Questionable at best. While they are looking at these claw marks, though, in the leather, whose leather? Don't know. They find Mr. Otterton's ID, and they confirm that he was here for sure, but he's not here now, and that is when Nick realizes whose vehicle they are in. They are in Mr. Big's, and not Carrie's Mr. Big, who passed away from a heart attack, unfortunately. We don't know who, because they are immediately caught by two huge polar bear guards. Are somehow very Russian looking. Very yes. Russian looking. I agree. Even like the tracksuit kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we go to meet Mr. Big. And we see multiple very large polar bears walking around. And Judy keeps saying, that must be him, right? No, that must be him. Yeah. And that is when we get one of my favorite moments. Mr. Big is carried in. In the hands of the polar bear, sat down on the table in his chair and comes out giving his best Marlon Brando godfather impersonation I've ever seen. Let me just tell you, he is an Arctic shrew. Remember, I I mentioned that earlier. We'll come back. I don't understand why there is an extended Godfather uh, parody. It's even his daughter's wedding. I, you know what? I'm not going to ding him on this because, you know, I, I like the Godfather. I get the reference. The adults get the reference. I just, I, but it's also like a 50 year old reference. In a movie with Shakira, what's going on? This movie is such you know, a mishmash. Like you said, that is Marlon Brando in, in The Godfather. Mm-hmm. People don't know this, but Marlon Brando was an Arctic shrew. They just didn't know until and... now. This is Marlon Brando. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but this is when Judy makes the monumental mistake of saying, yes, I am a police officer. Yeah. And I'm going to take you to jail, basically. <laughs> because she's not very smart i'm assuming but but she has no problem breaking the rules and lying and we've seen that so why did she think it was a good idea to tell a freaking mob boss that she was a cop no clue our good pal mr big has had enough of judy's stupidity and honestly i do not blame him because i'm right there with him and he says the iconic words Ice-em. This is also when, right before they are being iced, we find out about the skunk butt rug 
that Nick apparently gave to Mr. Big and was he buried it with his grandmother or his mother. But he knew it was a skunk butt rug, didn't he? Seemed that way to me. I, I truly don't know. Or maybe he found out afterwards. But he's pretty pissed about that. And that does lead mm-hmm. the question, whose butt was that skunk? But this is the I mob. Know. This is the mob. So I guess that's just the thing we're in. This is some scary, freaky shit. This is very odd. Yes. But right as Judy and Nick are about to be killed by being iced out and drowned, I'm assuming, his daughter. Yeah, Snooky comes in. Yes. Yes. Snooky Jr. comes in and Snooki sees Jr. Judy and freaks out. And- this movie came out in 2016. Why was there a Jersey Shore reference in the movie? Like Questions that I don't think will ever be answered, my love. <laughs> Questions nobody else cares about, but it just. It's, it's a good one, though, but I don't know. But Snooky Jr., mob boss Princess Snooky, tells her dad that Judy is the bunny she was telling him about that saved her life. And because of this, Mr. Big immediately spares their lives and decides he will kind of help them with Mr. Otterton. He tells Judy and Nick that Mr. Otterton is his florist and he is like part of the family. Mr. Otterton had something important that he wanted to discuss with Mr. Big. And so Mr. Big sent a car to pick him up and bring him. During this ride, he went crazy, quotes, savage, Mm -hmm. and attacked the car. Also scared and attacked the driver of the vehicle and then ran off into the night and disappeared. Before they go, Mr. Big Mob Boss gives Judy the name of his driver, tells her where to find him, and sends them on their way to go look for him, which is exactly what they do. When they find him, he is locked up inside of his home. He opens the door just a little bit, and you can see that there is a chain on the door, so he doesn't even trust to open it up fully. And when you find out his story, who would blame him? He tells Judy, still with the door chained like it is, about the night of Mr. Otterton's disappearance and how he attacked. He mentions that while he was driving, Mr. Otterton went down on all fours in the back of the car, the vehicle, started clawing the seats, absolutely losing it, and seemed to be acting very primal. This is when... Mr. Otterton scratched out this driver's eye. Mm -hmm. And this is when we can kind of see through the door that his eye is completely swelled shut, huge claw marks over his eyeball, and has obviously traumatized him pretty severely. After he finishes his story and we finish our flashback, Judy and Nick convince him to open the door. And while Nick is talking, he actually mentions the night howlers. But before the driver is fully able to get the door open, he starts having some sort of reaction, some sort of change. And he transforms Mm -hmm. from this prim and proper evolved jaguar back into what we would imagine in our normal life, a normal ready to maim and maul jaguar. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add about the sequence Except my fun fact that the Jaguar is also played by the actor who played LeFou in Beauty and the Beast. And I would never have guessed that. Very cool. That's really weird. I'm not talking about Josh Gad. I'm talking about uh, Jesse Cordy, who played uh, LeFou in the original animated film. Thank you for that fun fact, my friend. The more you know. The more you know. So while the driver Jaguar (laughs) is in this transformed state, he chases Nick and Judy all over the place. They end up on this bridge of sorts that hooks on to a gondola situation. Skyliner and the monorail. (laughs) We got them all. They run around. They are cornered. And that is when Judy is able to cuff the driver Jaguar. Mm -hmm. But this results in Judy and Nick falling off the bridge together. He's very thankful to her because she saved his life. And then right after he finishes saying that, they fall again, but this time much farther mm-hmm. and end up tangled in vines together. Very Tarzani, but they do end up tangled in vines. Very Emperor's New Groove. It's very similar to Emperor's New Groove. Yes, absolutely. And funnily enough, at the bottom, all of the ZPD force have shown up. Including Chief Bogo. Yes. Including, very important, 
that Chief Bogo is there. Once they have been cut down and they go back up to the bridge, because Judy is saying very clearly, no, there was a jaguar who transformed. He is not acting his evolved self. This is bad. This is bad. They keep saying the word savage. It's just not a good time. But no one believes her because that means Mm -hmm. something very serious is happening. Mm -hmm. But also that their way of life is being threatened. And these predators Mm -hmm. have not worked this hard for this long to not be such a minority group for now a couple of random animals to fuck this up. Anyway, they get back to the bridge. The jaguar is no longer there. There is no proof of what happened whatsoever. And Chief Bogo has had enough. He gets Judy, not quite cornered, but just in front of everyone, goes off on her and then says, you need to give me your badge. You're done. This is too much. Give me your badge. Which Which is, let me go. Let me go. Which is when my lover, which is in, which is in, can't even speak. I'm so tongue-tied for you, cartoon character. Anyway, anyway, that's when Daddy Nick pops on the scene and says so strongly, no, no, you're not taking her badge. She still has time left. We have 10 hours and we're going to use them. All I have to say to that is, ooh. And- I have no comment. <laughs> and I think that is probably enough Jason Bateman love and thirst for this episode. But, you know, there will be plenty of it next episode. And let me just tell you, I just realized and remembered that Jason Bateman, my OG, the reason I know him, is Arrested Development. He was Michael. And I loved Michael. I also love Job, though. Let's be real. <laughs> That's that's always my first reference when I think Jason Bateman is Arrested Development. Well, thank you guys for listening to our part one episode of Zootopia. We will be back with part two a little earlier than usual this week. We're going to leave the day as a surprise. But if you would like to keep in touch and check that out, where can they find us, Keith? You can find us at Rejects Podcast on Instagram. That's absolutely right. And you can find me, Maddie Evans, one half of your host team on Instagram at Maddie and the Mouse. And you can find me, the other half of your podcast team, at Keith Malfay on Instagram and Twitter. And with that, we will leave you. Go and support your zoo. If you want to, if it's a bad zoo, don't support it. Drive-in zoos, maybe not. But a good, good zoo... We love conservation. All right, bye-bye. Auf Wiedersehen.